Hey, hi, and hello. Today we're gonna get sober and serious about body image and eating disorders. So today my guest is Joelle Bolton South. Um, now that I'm looking at it, this is very small, so maybe I'm going to move it up closer next week, but that's why we try things. Anyway, today's show is um, going to begin with a bit more of a prelude before Joelle arrives. Uh, I understand that some of my shows haven't had as many, um, they've covered really heavy topics and they've gone without as many trigger warnings as today's show has done and I just want to address that that is something I'm aware of and I want to um, do what I can to do better about that in the future. So if I have touched on something in my past shows that you feel like I should have warned on or or disclosed, I would be more than happy to discuss that with you and as I said going forward I am going to be more conscious of warnings. Um, Today we are discussing, as I said, body image eating disorders and their impact within trans communities because my guest, Joelle, and I are both non-binary. Um, if you feel that the subject matter is likely to trigger or upset you, I'm going to ask you to just turn it off now. However, if you feel like solidarity and kinship will help you, you are more than welcome and encouraged to join us. Um, we want to be as educational and helpful as possible, and we want to make sure that everyone is comfortable. If you feel like you're not ready to discuss this, I want you to feel free to take your time. And this video is going to be saved. It's not going to go anywhere, hopefully. <laughs> um, those of you who follow know that sometimes my videos disappear. But anyway, um, before I bring Joelle in, who is ready for us, which is amazing considering they said they'd be late, but here we are. Uh, <laughs> um, and I thought I was going to have to stop. It's me. I'm late. <laughs> um, anyway, um, this is going to be a topic that I want to talk about several times, so it's not just going to be the, the trans side of things, which is where Joelle and I both will connect on. I, I have had an eating disorder since I was... I've consciously had an eating disorder since I was 12 years old. I have a lot to say about them, and I'm sure that there are a lot of people who also have a lot to say. So um, to begin, I just want to um, do some definitions just to avoid anyone getting lost um, during the show today. So to begin, an eating disorder is a condition related to persistent eating behaviors that can have a damaging effect on your mental and physical health, as well as a negative impact in other areas of your life. Body image is the perception someone has of their physical self as well as the thoughts or feelings that manifest from said perception. So that would be how I, if I view myself as overweight, I would imagine that people view me as disgusting. Is that, is that kind of um, example, a bit of a harsh example, but that's where my brain goes because that's where the disorder is. <laughs> Anyway, body dysmorphia, or body dysmorphic disorder, is a mental health condition that affects your body image in a way that hyperfixates on a negative physical trait that may or may not actually be as present. So that could be if you have a scar and you imagine that everyone is constantly focused on it, and really it's not something that people see. <laughs> Um, gender dysphoria um, is the distress felt by those who experience a mismatch between their assigned gender and their gender identity. 
So um, we're going to talk a lot about eating disorder symptoms and using the term when I experience symptoms. So when we say that we are experiencing symptoms, that is when you would be experiencing a flare up with your disorder. So you would experiencing things or, or um, other things to look for in other people when you're looking for symptoms of eating disorders. It would be like a self-esteem reflected by their body type. So if you hear someone say like, oh, I'm feeling big today, it's a, it's a good sign that they have a negative self-image and that could be a, a red flag for something that you wanna focus and work on. Um, having a distorted body image, which is again, like when you have the, um, when you have someone in your life or even yourself who is constantly feeling or saying things that you feel are untrue, that's a good sign that they have a distorted self-image. If someone is binging, which means eating to excess, and um, this one, these two often go hand in hand but can be alone, um, purging, which is an abrupt removal of food from the stomach, which is the nicest way that I have ever heard that said. <laughs> um, unhealthy exercise. And if you see someone thin bones, thin hair, and thin nails, that is a clear sign of lack of nutrition, which is a sign of an eating disorder or just other reasons for lack of nutrition. But today we're focusing on eating disorders. So um, if you notice that someone consumes amounts of food rapidly, that could be a sign of either binging or someone who's been starving themselves. And if you notice that someone is feeling shame for eating, so those are, um, that's everything that I wanted to cover before we got Joel on, just to make sure that everything was clear and people were informed going on. So um, we are going to get her in now. Just the button that says view there. The one at the top. Mm -hmm. Yep. Go left. Nina, who will no longer be able to help me. This is her last, this is the last time I'm doing a show while she's living with me. <laughs> anyway, we are now waiting for Joel. Uh, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thank you so much for having me on today. Oh, thank you for coming. It looks like you and I are wearing very similar lipstick colors, and that makes me really happy. I actually noticed that when I tuned in, and I was like, oh, yes, we didn't even plan this. <laughs> same mind. Same brain. Same person. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. So today we are going to be playing not Jeopardy. I just noticed it's a bit low, so I'm going to. Yeah. So we're going to be playing not Jeopardy. We have three categories, which are experiences, which is green, social causes, pink, and myths, which is blue. So <laughs> The way we are going to do this, because we are not playing Jeopardy, is <laughs> I have in front of me three four-sided dice. And what do you know? Each category is four questions. So each dice is assigned a category. And it is up to you, my fair friend Joelle, to choose which dice you want to roll. And that is how we're going to determine our questions. All right. I think I'd like to start with green. Green. Okay. So I, I do like to show off my dice at the beginning of every show. 
So this is my iridescent dice, which is so going to blue. My um, my trans dice, <laughs> which is assigned to pink because it is mostly pink. And my, oh, and my green dice, which is assigned to green, which was your answer. So here we go. I usually have my dice tray up, but I don't. Oh, well. All right. Number one. Easy peasy. Now you just see not. <laughs> All right. So, oh, thank you so much. Super assistant Nina has supplied me with my dice tray. Bruce, new roommate. You have big shoes to fill. <laughs> You're gonna have to hand me things off screen. <laughs> All right. So something um, that we are doing today that we haven't um, done on the show before really is um, we are both going to be answering the questions because we are both two people with similar but different experiences and I feel that we will both have valuable things to say. I think so. <laughs> but you are the guest so you do get the pressure of um, either answering first or going, I don't want to answer this one first. That is Question one, which was one, on the thing as well. So if I were playing this, I don't know, like a grid, then this is the one that we would have used anyway. And it was also the first question I wrote. What? Which is actually cool because I did put them in randomly. Oh, that Bruce is picking up for himself. Let's see. At least I won't have to worry about Instagram not telling me you've started. That is so true. And Bruce, I'm happy you're here and you did find the feed today. Because sometimes Bruce is late. <laughs> but anyway, we're not focusing on roommate Bruce. We're focusing on guest Joelle. <laughs> anyway, so question number one, experiences. Okay. Have you experienced gender euphoria or dysphoria? What is that like for you? Uh, yes to both. Um, gender euphoria is pretty darn great. <laughs> um, gender dysphoria, on the other hand, kind of feels like getting punched in the gut with a reality that doesn't feel right. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> reality that doesn't feel right. Yeah, when I um, was, was, am I interrupting or were you done? No, that, that's basically all I could think of to say. Okay. <laughs> of course. So um, for myself, when I experience gender dysphoria, which is near constant, it is um, more of a social experience for me. So when I'm treated, um, when I'm treated, especially female, when I'm like, like when people, this is, this is like a petty, kind of a petty thing, but like, like at my work, I do deliveries. I do a lot of heavy lifting. I'm a strong person yeah. and people I can, like, I can tell I'm stronger than try to like force things out of my hand to like man up and show them like that they can and then they struggle. It's just, it is my biggest pet peeve. And it just yeah. makes me feel like, like, you just don't think I can do that because, like... You see me as a woman. You see me as a woman. Yeah. And, yeah, it's the same with, like, like sometimes we'll be sent um, to do something at work where that'll be, like, a bunch of heavy lifting. And um, 
my male coworker will be sent with me, even though it's something that like I know I can physically handle and like I'm probably stronger. So it's <laughs> it's just one of those things where I'm just like, it's not a serious enough offense for me to say something, so it just silently bothers me. And that's yeah. a very like social dysphoric moment for me. Yeah, I definitely get that. Yeah. Gender euphoria, on the other yeah. hand, I have experienced <laughs> very rarely because okay. <laughs> And um, because that's just, that's the break sometimes. Yeah. So gender euphoria, I, um, the first time I ever realized I experienced it was in my mental health first, first aid course, when, oh. um, which was actually an amazing course. And if anyone ever has the opportunity to take a mental health first aid course, I recommend it. It's a Never. very important thing. And I learned a lot of valuable information there. Um, um, in that course, when we were making name tags at the beginning, I put my pronouns on and I, and I just kind of like look around and I just notice like everyone else is like, it's a very female heavy class. And I'm just like, Hey, this is like the kind of situation where ever like, like there wasn't a situation or not a situation and a moment where the instructor did say like, Oh, it's a group of ladies. I love a group of girls. I like everyone's so easy and nice and like like and like I feel so uncomfortable when that happens because like obviously men kind of suck sometimes we yeah. all know that but that doesn't mean that like you know I have the power to suck too <laughs> <laughs> but that is so not my point. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it was, um, but anyway, my, my, my point of euphoria besides I, before I trailed off was when I put my, prona my pronouns on my sheet, someone looked at me, saw this, and then they put, she put her pronouns on her sheet. And then everyone else, without saying anything, everyone just slowly saw this and then put their pronouns on their sheets. And it was just like this really beautiful thing that just like I felt I'd never, I still have not had that happen before. And I, it was just, I felt I very convenient. Yeah. So that is my answer. Mm -hmm. And there's no point systems, we're both winners. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's how I play games. <laughs> that way to play games. <laughs> co op. I always win co op games. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All righty. Green, pink, or blue? Uh, blue this time. Okay. I'm not going to, I completely have forgotten what each category is and I'm only remembering them by their colors. That's okay. I honestly wrote them down because I knew I wouldn't remember. I mean, because I'm a professional. Yeah. Anyway, I rolled a two. So, social causes. So this Great. is not like a social justice cause. These are things that cause it socially. <laughs> All right. Um, when did you first experience eating disorder symptoms? Was it different from the first time you experienced and recognized them? Oh. Uh, when I first experienced them? was probably as a kid uh, when I first recognized them. It wasn't until 
probably about two or three years ago, if I'm being honest. Um, my my experience with eating disorders has definitely like morphed over my life. Um, when I was younger, I definitely had um, like a binge eating disorder that I didn't recognize for what it was. I was just, I just knew I was always the bigger kid in the class, whatever. It's, it's okay. Um, but I didn't realize that like a lot of that was cause I was using food as an unhealthy coping mechanism. Um, but then a handful of years ago, I decided to like get healthy and like actively lose weight in like a healthy mindset type of way. But after losing about 70 ish pounds, it just kind of went into a negative mindset. And I definitely started developing more of like a binging and purging type uh, pattern with my eating and disorder. And it wasn't until then that I actually recognized it as like having a problem. And then like looking back on it, I was like, Oh, Oh no, I definitely also had an unhealthy relationship with food before too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have a very similar um, kind of story where um, when I first wrote this question, I thought I knew my answer to it because when I was 12 years old, I made the decision to start having an eating disorder. Mm. I, um, I actually, I have the diary and the entry where I wrote it down. So like, I actually know the date that my eating disorder happened. I should have, should have known I'd be talking about it today. Otherwise I know the date offhand, but I think it was like winter. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, the date's not important. What happened is, um, and that is, um, one of my dad's friends came in and just made a comment about how big I'd gotten and how I was bigger every time he sees me and how he needed to watch out. Wow. Like kind of like, like, Oh, I gotta watch out, like watch, watch their eating kind of thing. And I just like, and I sat there and I thought to myself, my, my little 12 year old brain <laughs> of um, just my, my first reaction was I do eat a lot. I need to stop eating as much, but I enjoy eating. And if I start dieting, everyone will know that I'm dieting and they'll be upset that I'm dieting. So I need to not diet. I need to keep eating the same amount of food as I am, but just purge it. That way no one will know that I'm watching my weight. And, yeah. and so it was just like, like, it was like the world of dieting was worse than the secret like disgrace of the eating disorder. And I think a big part of that is because I found in my childhood, like in, in a lot of my environment and everything, it was very like anti um, femininity and mm. care about yourself and to care about how you look is to be feminine and that's um. bad. So it was the kind of thing where Sorry, I got distracted by visuals happening. Anyway, <laughs> it was kind of thing where I, um, yeah, the thought's gone. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, with, with that um, instance, I made the decision to have the eating disorder. Mm -hmm. and I And I thought to myself, that was when it happened. 
But looking back on it and looking back on my behavior, even as a small child, as young as like seven, eight years old, I would mentally punish myself for eating too much. And I would exercise like I like I was like I was trying to get toned and have abs at like the age of eight. That's not a normal eight year old goal. <laughs> and, and a big part of it is I had a friend who was three years older than me. And mm -hmm. she had a lot of tendencies of like acting older than her. So I would like acting like I, I was like seven acting like a nine year old who was acting like a 13 year old. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, um, it was an interesting time growing up. That's also how I learned where babies come from, but that's not today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, um, I was experiencing eating disorder symptoms, like as long as I can remember, I've been very upset about myself for how I look because I've always been addressed as a big kid because I've always been, well, I'm large for a female, so when everyone thought I was one, um, everyone would make comments about how big I was. So it made me feel like it was a bad thing because everyone was just shocked by my size constantly. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, so I do both remember the moment it happened, but that was the moment I was conscious of it. So. Yeah, that's that's fair. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like I said, I just didn't even recognize having an unhealthy relationship with food until I started trying to trying really hard to develop a healthy relationship with food, and it just backfired. <laughs> I viewed this as the healthier response. Like it was better to be thin, and it was healthier to be thin than it was to overeat. Was the mindset that I had. Mm -hmm. And as um, I can only imagine, you and I have both learned through our journeys that um, thin does not mean healthier. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, if people want, I can post some pictures of me when I was at my unhealthy phases. And yeah, and it's uh, one of the weirdest things that I find is no matter how I've felt about my body like because like I have such severe dysmorphia that um at ever like I've um had my weight has fluctuated I have been um down to like the close closer to 100 pounds and I have been past 200 pounds like I have and this is like just constantly up and down I am I am a spring <laughs> and um I've always felt the same about myself no matter what, I always view myself with the same kind of perception. I always, I've been aware of the numbers. I've been aware of the actual sizes. Yeah. But the way that I've always, like, my confidence has always been kind of the same. Yeah. Not <laughs> Yeah. I get yeah. that. Yeah. I don't think I really started developing dysmorphia until after I actually started losing weight. Uh, and I did, I, I started getting confidence when I first started seeing some weight loss, but then I think my brain wasn't seeing weight loss fast enough. And then it just started interpreting everything as me being bigger than I actually was or every, 
little thing that I like any snack that I had was like instantly like a bad snack and like it was weird that none of that mindset really happened until after I had actually been like actively trying to healthfully lose weight yeah and there is a lot of evidence to support the negative effect that the dieting community has on people, especially those with eating disorder symptoms or like the, the capability. When, um, and when it comes to a lot of mental illnesses, um, you are, as you go throughout life, you are born with the ability to say, I'm going to use a gun analogy because this is what was used for me in my, in my eating disorder program. Um, as you, as you go through life, different things are added to your gun, but, um, something different, like, but it takes, or no, um, I apologize. Your biology loads the gun, but your environment triggers it or pulls the trigger. Okay. So that's why people who have like like how you can have siblings grow up in a similar environment, but only one of them will de develop a severe eating disorder. They can both have unhealthy relationships to food, but one, only one of them can actually or might actually go that far. And that's just because they got the unlucky kind of side of the coin. Yeah. Hmm. That's really interesting. I didn't. I didn't really know or think about that that way. Yeah, I'm filled with information because I've, well, because of all the healing I've had to do because of my disorder, I've been involved in a lot of programs for it. So I'm filled with information. That's good. And we love how much you share that information to help people. Yeah, that's exactly why I do things like this is just because I think it's, um, I think it's so important to talk about because I was at a point where I felt like I was alone. Like it was like this weird, unique thing that I did that was gross. And I found out the majority of my friends in high school had eating disorders and like we were all hiding it from each other. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, like now it's just like, like I feel like the sense of like kinship with them or like, like with other friends, like, like I've met other people throughout life and like, like, like attracts like, and so many people who are close to me have body image issues. And it's actually been something that we've bonded over which is like, yes, I am grateful to have something to bond over with people I care about, but like, let's just talk about anime. <laughs> I wish it was, I wish it was a positive thing, but I'm like, again, like I'm always grateful to be able to connect people. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, my light went out, so I'm gonna turn the light on. And while I'm doing that, do you want to pick a new color? Okay. Um, I think. Oh. The only one I haven't chosen yet is pink, right? Right. All right, let's go with pink this time. Okay. Also, you chose blue, and I think I grabbed the pink card last time. Oh, okay. Well, I'll choose blue then this time. Okay. I, I, I know I at least did the blue dice, so I was somewhat right. Okay. <laughs> Number four. All right, and the category is myths. All right. All right. It is a common assumption that parents cause eating disorders. Do you feel this is true for you? Oh, yeah. Um, so parents in general is a 
heavy topic with a lot to unpack for me. Um, but uh, my mother in particular has just always been uh, kind of a toxic influence on me when it comes to my self-image. Um, I do have like a very distinct memory from when I was a child. I had had a bad day at school and I came home and I was upset and my mom instantly was like, oh, you're upset? I know how to make you happy. A bowl of ice cream. And then, like, after sitting me down and, like, giving me this bowl of ice cream and I, like, calmed down, I was crying about something. I don't even remember what happened at school. I just remember this interaction with my mom. Um, and she, like, after she sat down, she was like, oh, I really shouldn't have done this. This is teaching you that, like, food is a is an emotional crutch to to solve your problems i shouldn't be teaching you to eat your feelings and ironically i feel like her pointing that out just kind of more reinforced that kind of mindset mm -hmm. and just kind of more reinforced like or like laid the groundwork for me to have more of like a binge eating disorder <laughs> Sorry, my cat wants attention. <laughs> um, and like I, I, like it laid the groundwork for me to like definitely use food as like an emotional crutch later in life, and like for a lot of years afterwards, um, and like it just laid the groundwork for me to have like a really unhealthy relationship with food. Um, and then, like, just as I was growing up, she constantly was making, like, comments about my weight and my appearance. Um, and then when I did finally start, like, st when I started my first weight loss journey, like, with a healthy mindset and, like, wanting to go into it with just, like, I'm going to exercise regularly and eat healthy foods in regular portions. Like, it's going to be, like, the proper way to do this and get healthy. Um and she made some comments. I remember specifically one time she said, oh, you'll be so beautiful when you lose weight. <laughs> Which, oh. yeah, that was a fun thing for her to say. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I feel like, at least in my situation, uh, she definitely had a big influence on my relationship with food and my body image and just the way that I viewed myself in general, uh, and still do today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think parents realize like the things that they say to their kids that are going to stick with them for so long. Cause I was yeah. just like, I was in elementary school, probably fifth or sixth grade when like that first conversation about like, oh, I shouldn't be showing you to eat ice cream when you're sad. <laughs> uh, that conversation yeah. happened. So. Yeah, that's... That's not the good... That's not a good way to go about teaching your children healthy habits. <laughs> For myself, um, the answer is absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, I, I got a good example. At... At, at your show when my mom showed up the first thing she said to me she walks up to me and goes hey right am I fat and I'm just like no 
am I? And she's like, no. And then she's like, laughs. And my sister-in-law is looking at us because like she knows that I have an eating disorder. So she's just like, what the hell? Why is your mom asking you about this? This is yeah, very inappropriate because this was like at the height, like while I was in the middle of my program, like it was not a good time for this conversation. No. And my mom was just like, oh, it's a thing that we do. And like, we've never done that. Like that was the first time we'd had that back and forth. So I was just kind of like, okay, I'm going to go over here now. You guys sit down. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's such a, why would you ask? What? That's such a weird. Yeah, that's a, that is not the worst. I don't want to go into a tangent about my mom right now because that just doesn't seem appropriate. But I, I will just share. That. <laughs> I will um, share, like, um, one of the first times this is what started me. This is the instant that started me on over-exercising. My, I had a bunch of like stick on tattoos and I had a string one and I was putting one around my belly button and it didn't go around my belly button all the way. Mm. It wasn't meant to go around the belly button all the way, but my no. mom my belly and said, Oh, you got to start doing sit-ups. Hey kid. I was like, I had to have been seven or eight, maybe nine, but I doubt I was that old. And, I, yeah. and my mom told me, like, if you cut your portions in half, you'll see a big difference. Wow. And that was the moment where I was just like, okay, I will. And I, like, like, because people would, like, I was a big eater growing up. I enjoy my food. I am a big foodie. True <laughs> to this day. And people would just make comments about how I would eat. And I think a part of that is because people are used to kids not eating. Yeah. Meanwhile, I was just like excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the answer for both of us, I, I have a feeling, is absolutely yes. Um, um, hashtag not all parents. Yeah. Of course, there are some amazing, supportive parents out there who don't encourage eating disorders in their children, and that is great. That being said, it's often um, where they start. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Shadow Queen Creations, which is yeah, Christine. <laughs> all right. New category. You've done all three okay. now, so. Mm -hmm. Let's go with pink again. Okay. I can use the actual pink dice this time. Okay. All right, so this is the first time this has happened. I got two, which is the one that I already chose, so I'm just gonna go one up. Okay. That's easier. So now one and two are gone from pink. All right, oh. <laughs> this one is um, topical to our last one. <laughs> if you remember, how old were you the first time someone made a comment about your size? Oh, geez. Do you feel it was gendered? Oh, geez. Uh, it definitely was. I don't remember uh, how old I was, but I was real young. Like, mm. like I said, I was always, like, just kind of the chunkier kid in class. Like, I, I never was, like, I, I was always, like, overweight even in kindergarten. I remember being, like, 
kind of pudgy, but like it didn't bother me back then. But I think either like senior kindergarten or grade one was like the first time somebody was like, oh, you're big. <laughs> um, that I remember at least. Um, I think it might have been a classmate actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it was just in regards to me like being too big and like and I don't even actually remember. I just remember kids being mean. <laughs> yeah. Which is unfortunately often where a lot of the first bad memories start is like <laughs> I, I feel like my answer to this question is probably also to a, by a kid, but it could also be from a family. Yeah. Cause like I as I, as I said, I've always also been the big kid um, in regard to just, like, my general size. I'm just, I'm a very tall person. Yeah. <laughs> I've, so my whole life, I've had, like, like kids at the park be like, are you a boy or a girl? And now I'm just like, I don't know. Why do you keep asking? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, even like, like when I was a kid, like kid, kid, like, like three, four years old, I had hair like down past my ass and like bangs. Like I would wear dresses constantly just to make sure people knew that I was a girl because I would get called a boy so much because of how big I was. Wow. So I like, there is a lot of my, um, like a lot of my like personal identity that is um, like kind of structured to being, um, performative yeah. yeah and I think that's kind of like, like why I have so much fun with it so I'll take the good with the bad because yeah. I'm kind of rad yeah you are <laughs> <laughs> and humble <laughs> the best combination <laughs> are you ready for another question yes I am uh, let's go back to green this time. All right. Number three. I was originally going to like stand up for the whole show and like do this, but then I realized I can just rotate. Yeah. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, how do you feel dysphoria and dysmorphia impact your disorder? Oh, geez. Um, so I am actually gender fluid and therefore like my dysphoria tends to like fluctuate based on how closely aligned to my assigned gender uh, I tend to feel on any given day. Um, yeah. So when I'm feeling further than that, my uh, my dysphoria is a lot stronger. Um, and I definitely find that when I'm feeling more dysphoric, I tend to see myself in a more negative light, like in the mirror too. Um, mm -hmm. Like I, especially like being a larger person, on my body that comes with lar a larger chest as well and so like I get a lot of chest dysphoria on my more non-binary days um 
or like if I'm feeling agender on a given day, like I get a lot more dys uh, dysmorphia and dysphoria about mm -hmm. that. Um, thankfully, on like days where I'm feeling more femme, it's like, hey, now I just have the dysmorphia, not the dysphoria. It's only one today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they definitely like play off of each other when they're both in effect. <laughs> oh, definitely. I, I have a very similar experience as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, were you finished with your answer? Um, I think so. <laughs> I just want to make sure that I'm not going to interrupt you. Because <laughs> yeah, sometimes, no, sometimes I get overexcited. I shoot off at the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I definitely feel more, um, dysphoric, the more dysmorphic I feel, and I definitely feel more dysmorphic, the more dysphoric I feel. So I am in a constant cycle of what is happening with my body, because especially with, um, recently, um, recently, over the last, like, two years, I've gotten um, a bit of a grip on my eating disorder, um, and so I've, I've had a bit of a weight gain. And so, for the first time in my life, I got boobs. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've never had them before. As you may recall, in high school, I was very, I would be yeah. constantly joked about it. And they, were, they weren't there. <laughs> and um, now, it, so it's something that I used to, like, when I first came out was before I started gaining weight. And I was, and I would say like, oh, I'm very grateful. I don't have to, like, I don't have to worry about binding. Um, when I was into cosplay, I would just have to wear a sports bra and I'd be fine. Because, you know, I just had to like press down the nipples. And that was it. <laughs> but now it's just like, they are an actual thing that happened. And I have to actually take them into account. And it throws me off because it's something that like, I already convinced myself I wasn't dysphoric about. So why am I feeling dysphoric about it? Why does my gender have to be, I don't know, fluid and keep changing? <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> so inconvenient. <laughs> no, we do this for attention, don't we? <laughs> oh, of course. Definitely. <laughs> it's yeah. just trendy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even mention this sarcastically because I'm already mad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready for another question? Yes. Um, what category have I chosen the least questions from so far? Myths. Blue. All right. Let's go with blue. All right. Do you feel healthier, thinner? Is your disorder triggered by vanity, habit, control, or something else? Um, I think, so as far, I'm going to answer it in reverse. So I'm going to answer the, what I think it's con, like, uh, what it's triggered by. I think um, mostly control, like when I'm feeling like a lot of stuff in my life is out of control. I tend to like hyper focus on controlling what I'm eating to an unhealthy degree. Mm -hmm. um, maybe vanity a little bit, but that's hard 
to say, because, like, when I did start developing, like, the more, like, binging and purging side of an eating disorder, uh, it was after I had, like, started healthfully losing weight, and I just kind of fell off track and started losing weight in an unhealthy way. Um, so I think maybe when it first started, it was a vanity thing. And then it kind of became like a habit and control thing over time. Yeah. Um, as far as feeling healthier when I'm thinner, uh, I can't really attest. I can't, I don't know if I can really speak to that because, uh, I never really felt healthy when I was at my heaviest and then when I started losing weight, I also started developing rheumatoid arthritis. <laughs> and like, like as my, like I lost 30 pounds and then my knees were in the worst condition they'd ever been in. Um, and then I got it, like I was diagnosed with a chronic illness. So I just don't think I've ever felt healthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, like I, I felt like I was starting to feel healthy. Like when I lost my first 30 pounds and I was like, yeah, I'm going to the gym. I'm eating salads. I'm eating three meals that are balanced and like a good like portion every day. And then like arthritis hit me and I was like, no, nah, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I also have like, like chronic pain that is undiagnosed. So um, all I know is doing things that hurts me. <laughs> And that's where I am in my um, recovery right now. So it's had like a huge impact on how much exercise I do. And mm -hmm. I'm at a point where it's like if I exercise a lot, it either will help me feel better or put me in agony and there's no in between. And I don't know what it will be until I finish or until I start moving. So there are times mm -hmm. where like I can feel like certain tensions and I think like, oh, if I, you know, do the big stretches on the back at my shoulders going, I'll like loosen everything up and I'll feel better. So also, and as soon as I start doing that, I just like feel like it's, it's almost like muscles crack. I've had people go to massage me and be like, do you have an extra bone here? <laughs> like just I rock hard and not the way you should be. Done my tender profile. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, so in regard to, um, feeling healthier or, um, I also don't think I've ever felt healthy because even before the chronic pain became an issue, I had a lot of struggles with, um, I think like my dysmorphia made me never feel thin. Yeah. Because like, like, um, for example, there's this, um, photo of me where I look so unhealthy it is awful. And I remember the mindset I had when I was taking that photo of, I have to make sure to like, like not show my stomach. Oh, wow. Like even um, like just now I caught myself suck, sucking in, sucking in my stomach. I am always sucking in my stomach. Yeah. Just like out of habit, like not even consciously. Yeah. yeah I will like, if I um, go to get in the car, like I work with my roommate and like, so we'll both go get in the car and like my shirt will get caught on my seatbelt or something. And I'll like, <gasps> like quickly to like cover my stomach because mm -hmm. like if someone sees that I have a stomach, they'll think that it's gross. So like, that's actually like, I made a point of like wearing my shirt open because body image. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you. 
Thank you. It, that's actually like like humble brag. It's a big deal for me to show off my body. So here it is. Actually, <laughs> body painter. Like, come on. Yeah. Also, though, you look fantastic tonight. Thank you. Look fantastic, <laughs> okay, but like you're also super cute tonight. So, you know. <laughs> All right. So I feel like I've rambled enough for this question um, because my answer for the triggers are the same as yours. So I'm not going to reiterate that. Okay. So I'm done. Are you done? Yeah. <sighs> okay. Pick a color. Um, oh no this makes my decision harder uh let's go with green sorry green green i, I totally heard three and i was like that was not a choice <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I three. that's amazing it was a choice <laughs> but we already took green three so we're taking green four okay all right um how do you feel your dysmorphia? We, we've answered this already, but I'm going to ask it anyway and see if we have anything else to add. Um, how do you feel your dysmorphia and dysphoria impact each other? Um, greatly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're greatly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've, and, okay. and <laughs> yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Just a whole I bunch. Don't, I, don't have, I already used a good analogy on this and I liked it, so I don't have more to add. Do you have more? I don't think so, no. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, the answer to the question is yes. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Next question. <laughs> that was fast. We're killing it. Yeah. <laughs> Blue this time. Blue this time. Blue hops this time. <laughs> now everyone can see that it says not Jeopardy because we're not playing Jeopardy. <laughs> no copyright infringement. <laughs> Please don't sue me, Alex Trebek. I have no money. <laughs> I'm earning nothing from this. I lost money. I spent a dollar on this bristle board. <laughs> not sponsored. <laughs> not sponsored. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, for myths for 100, what are, <laughs> what are some harmful phrases that are often disguised as compliments? Can I go back to my mom's, oh, you'll be so beautiful when you lose weight. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, like, honestly, going in, that was my example, too. It's like, oh, you have such a pretty face. It's a shame you can't lose weight. Like, that kind of thing. Like, Fuck off. That is rude. Like my favorite, the one-two punch of, you're so pretty for a fat girl. Getting misgendered, too, just amps it right up. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. There, there are a lot of really harmful phrases that are disguised as compliments, and a lot are just, like, especially, um, it's very important to consider that a lot of people, like, one in three people suffer from an eating disorder, or maybe it's one in five. That's such a high statistic. I, I didn't know. It's really high. I have it written down. <laughs> and then it's, um, oh, it's one in five people have an eating disorder, and one in three of those people are, uh, no. One in, one, in th one in five people have an eating disorder, and one in ten of people with an eating disorder are men. Okay, yeah. 
That's why I was getting it mixed up. I'm like, there's another another more numbers. <laughs> it's four numbers in my head. Too many. But yeah, like I, I guess anything that's like said to men, like like along the lines of like like oh, you gotta bulk up, you got a scrawny guy, you, you twink. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like basically, any, any compliments that, like, put down one aspect in order to boost another are not cool. <laughs> yeah. Or it's just... Uh, this is one of those where I, I feel like I overprepared for this question because I have so much that I want to say <laughs> that I can't think of nothing that I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> They're all equally important, and therefore I can choose none of them. <laughs> exactly. My gender identity all over A big one is is when it comes to talking to people who might have an eating disorder. This is why. Oh, this is where I went on that tangent. Okay. <laughs> I remember where I was. I'm here. I'm present. I'm good at this. I'm a professional. <laughs> Um, you don't know who has an eating disorder, so be careful when you compliment someone's weight loss. You yeah. don't know if someone has a chronic illness, so be careful when you compliment someone's weight loss. If you know that someone is trying to actively lose weight, sure. Yeah. But other than that, do not mention someone's weight. Yeah. Like, weight is a personal thing. If you personally know someone and have a personal investment in your personal relationship with them, then you can personally make a comment about their very personal weight because I'm sure they'll understand because of your personal connection. Yeah. Other than that, don't make a comment on someone's weight. Yeah. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. You look great considering you've had two kids. Like, thanks. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. a rude compliment. That's some backhanded shit right there. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I went into reading that comment as if it was like to me and I was just like, excuse me. <laughs> I have like, zero kids. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, my children are adopted. Referring <laughs> to my rabbit and my cat. <laughs> One um off, off, off topic sidebar on my first on my first um, webcam date with my, my girlfriend I gave her a tour of my room and while we were going through oh it, it's totally okay Nikki <laughs> but um, as we're going through my room I just kind of stop and I go like do you want to meet my daughter and she gives me this like like I didn't know you like I'm scared look and then I just like like side pan to my bunny who's just sitting there looking mad <laughs> <laughs> that's great <laughs> All right, um, so we have a comment um, by Christine, Shadow Queen Creations, I will read. I got really sick and lost 20 pounds. I felt weak and I hated it so much, but way too many people were telling me congrats on the weight loss. Yeah. Yeah, that's not... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like, like sometimes it's the most careless brush off comment that can trigger you. Like, um, in December this year, I, um, I I was in my eating disorder program, and I'm like, I I do, I do not weigh myself. I am not allowed. I it is a, that is a trigger for me, knowing knowing my numbers, knowing like, I just I stay away from that information. Um, Good, smart. 
but um, in my in my program to help monitor me, they do weigh you to make sure that like like so they know how you're doing, but they block the numbers that and they never tell you like how you're doing. Okay, which is like like that's that's fine. But one time the nurse just casually went like, "Oh, you're down in weight." Hmm. And that set me off because at first I went into it, oh, I'm down in weight. So everything I've been doing is good. So I can just keep doing what I've been doing. And then I gained a bunch of weight. <laughs> and even though like consciously I know that is not the correct course of action, in that moment, my mind convinces me that it is. And I go through that. Yeah. It sounds like I'm just not being careful or like I'm making excuses and for binge eating, but it is just, you don't always have complete control. And a lot of people really need to understand that. Yeah. Sometimes and sometimes mean to us. Yeah. Very mean. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, that's totally okay. I'm just like, brains are mean. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> all right um do you have anything else to add any more harmful phrases disguised as compliments uh not that i can think of yeah i i can think of like a lot of insults that i've heard people say but i don't want to go down that path because eh. <laughs> so so we have one left in green one left in blue and two left in pink all right I'm going to go with pink. I knew it. <laughs> I don't know. Four. All right. Do you feel your disorder has an impact on your relationships? Probably more than I want to admit to myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm not like super open about this. Is, this is honestly the most open about my relationship with food that I've uh, been ever. I, 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 my girlfriend knows that I struggle with this sort of stuff, but other than that, not too many people do. Um, and as such, it definitely, I feel like, probably stresses her out a lot and like put some strain in that aspect because like she has literally like sat and like worked with me through a break a mental breakdown over a sandwich <laughs> so like, I, I sh I'm sure that's not easy um but it also like my especially like the the dysmorphia aspect of things I feel like really affects not so much my relationships with people, but the way I perceive my relationships with people, because it makes me feel like a lot of compliments I get and stuff just aren't genuine. Like I like my like any time I get a compliment, like especially if it's about how I look, my brain most of the time is just like, oh, they're just being nice. They don't actually mean it. Look in the mirror. Look at you. They clearly don't mean it. You know. So like maybe it doesn't directly impact the relationship, but it definitely impacts the way that I interpret my relationships with people, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
Yeah, I, I definitely feel that my disorder has an impact on my relationships, but we have 20 seconds left of this video. So um, we are going <laughs> to cut it here and then we're going to restart again. And um, stay tuned and reconnect if you want to find my answer for do you feel this, your disorder has an impact on your relationships? Is it yes or no? We're going to find out. Tune in. <laughs> I've again, and I'm alone. I'm just kidding. Jamal's on their way back. So um, where you last left us, I was about to answer a very important question. And we're going to give it a few more minutes for people to come back and see what's happening. And then when Joelle arrives, I will throw them back in and then I will answer our question. And I'll also reshare it and catch everyone up because, well, that's what happens with two-part videos. So while um, we are waiting for Joelle to tune back in, um, we are playing not Jeopardy. So we have been just rolling the die and getting, and getting our questions. We only have four left. So will this video be a whole hour long? Um, maybe we talk a lot. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Hello. Hello. I, I was monologuing without you. <laughs> How prestigious. <laughs> Alrighty. So, question number... Eight? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Question number one of them. <laughs> number one of them. Yes. <laughs> Do you feel your disorder has an impact on your relationships? And this is one of those answers where, you know what, I might take up the full hour talking about this because I have so much to say. Of course, of of course it impacts my relationships. It impacts everything I do. My eating disorder controls almost every aspect of my life. Of course it's gonna control my relationships. My, um, especially my romantic and physical relationships. I have trouble being with people who are thinner than me. I have cried and broken down during sex, having like being with people who are smaller than me because I just feel so disgusting that I I, I can't handle just the idea that someone, like, I don't believe that people are there. I just, I, like, how can anyone focus on anything else when they can see how I look? Yeah. Oh, I definitely am familiar with that mindset. I didn't yeah. even think about that. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's what that question means to me, is, um, like, I have full-on, like, ended relationships because I don't believe that someone is like that I'm worthy of having that person who says that they love me love me yeah so, yeah um, it definitely does it definitely <laughs> yes <laughs> short answer yes <laughs> short answer yes long answer uh, 10 days later like yeah. <laughs> I have a lot to say so um, there is only one left for each category. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to choose the iridescent die and do one, two, three, and four. Do you get to choose? Okay. All right. Yes. All righty. Ba, 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 ba. 
three. All right. All right. Myths. Do you feel gender euphoria would include an ideal body shape? I mean, like, in general, no. And realistically, for myself, maybe. <laughs> um, it depends on the day, really. Yeah. Um, some days, uh, like I said earlier, like, uh, in part one of the video, uh, like on, on days when I'm feeling more like non-binary or more agender, uh, my chest really does bother me a lot. So like, I know on those days, I just wish I was skinny enough to be fl flat, but alas, <laughs> um, but like on days when that's, not at the forefront of my mind like it's I don't feel like gender euphoria has an ideal body type but it's hard for me to differentiate if that's like actually how I feel about it or if that's just how my brain has been trained to feel about it through an unhealthy relationship with food and body image yeah you know yeah it's hard to it's hard to dissect and break down yeah i feel like for me um a part of me wants it to have an ideal body shape i would love to have a goal and like something where i can just be like yep that's what i want that makes me feel good i would love to have that box to tick yeah but i know like, I've been every shape and size. I have had fitness addictions. I have been, like, I have had abs. And I have, it has still not been enough. I have still never felt like my true self. So, for me, gender euphoria does not have an ideal body shape. Um, I will not um, deny that someone else might. But I will say that sometimes your your goalpost chasing, I call it checkpoint. Like it's a checkpoint system. Every time you're thinking, once I make it past this post, I'll be I'll be good. And then once you make it, you see another post, and you, no, no, once I make it to that post, and you just keep going to all these different checkpoints, and they're never good enough. No, because uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause brains are mean. Because <laughs> brains are mean. Yeah. I got that. I see. Cause like, even if like, I'm trying to think about it now and like, even on days where I'm like, I wish I was just thin enough to be flat. I don't have like an ideal what the rest of my body would look like. Yeah. It's not like an ideal, it's not like I have like an ideal that I want. It's more, I just wish I didn't have boobs. <laughs> yeah. 
for me, it would be like, I don't have an ideal. All I know is I don't like what I have. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I think actually that's, that's a more accurate way of putting my thoughts. <laughs> that it's one of those things where that's what I thought you were going to say. And then I realized I was just projecting what I wanted you to say. So I just decided <laughs> to say it because that's how the brain works sometimes. <laughs> All right, we have two left, green and pink. Do we want to roll or do you want to pick? Uh, let's save green for last because it's my favorite color. So we'll All do right. pink next. I think that's an excellent reason. Yay. I hope it's a good question. It's going to be another <laughs> one that we've already answered accidentally. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here's one that we've already an answered accidentally. <laughs> Amazing. But I feel like we can go in on it more. Do you feel the attention to your weight is gendered? Not always directly, but I feel like a lot of it is very much like underlying. Um, because, like, a lot of the attention to my weight is within the scope of, oh, this is, like, like, women are supposed to be small and dainty and pretty and frail and, like, fit into a tiny box. Mm -hmm. So, like, I guess, like, it's, it's always, like, underlined with, like, that kind of context, even if, like, whatever somebody is saying in regards to my weight isn't directly gendered, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's um, to quote um, Hannah Gatsby and Nanette, um, it's like you are incorrectly female. Not that either of us are female, but yeah, it's, it is very much a lot. Of, you know what? I think um, enough people think we are to say that we yeah. are. Um, to use that phrase, <laughs> because it's like we were we were both we were both raised female. There's no hiding it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I I 100% think like because I am an average I'm the average size for a man. 100%. If I had been if I was if I had been born with balls I, and I was this size, no one would care. No one would bat an eye. But I am yeah. large because I shouldn't be. And that's the only reason. Yeah, and that's that's some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I shouldn't be made to feel like I am too big when like not only is there no such thing as too big, it's just I know I'm not. <laughs> I'm like just above average for one spectrum and on the average for the other, so. Yeah. Hi, Toki. My cat is making a visit. Uh, my cat's at my feet. She decided she wanted attention. <laughs> you want to be on TV, Zeppelin? Just kidding. We have no cable. We our Russian blues. Oh, she's, <laughs> she's not happy with me right now. All right, you can go. <laughs> Goodbye, oh, are you gonna 
All right. That was a fun tough break. Can't <laughs> <laughs> break before the final final question just to add suspense. Exactly. Everyone else is just like, we want to know the question and we don't care about these cats. Just kidding. Yeah. About cats. If you're watching the show and you don't care about cats, what are you watching the show for? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, are you ready? Yes. Do you experience body dysmorphia? <laughs> hmm. I don't think we've answered this one yet. <laughs> I'm like almost mad. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Somebody in the comments requested more cats. Here's my cat. <laughs> Not you, but I, uh, my cat's not visiting anymore. I do that. <laughs> oh, Good. okay. There she goes. Oh, now you just get cat butt for the rest of the video. Um, yes. I do experience body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how? <laughs> yeah. Um, that was another thing. I don't know if I touched on this or not yet, but that was another thing that, like, I don't think I had an issue with until I started trying to healthfully lose weight. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't think I... Like, I always, like saw myself as being bigger in the mirror I was always like yeah I'm bigger yeah okay yeah it sucks when I buy clothes and they don't fit okay yeah I get bullied for it but like I never was like oh but that means I I'm not worthy as a person or oh that means like any like I never gave it much weight until <laughs> until I started trying to topic much weight <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't even an intentional pun. <laughs> um, but I just never, like, I was always like, yeah, I'm bigger, but, like, I'm okay with it. Like, I feel fine in my body and in my skin until I was, I started losing weight. And then I lost, I think it was about 30 pounds before I actually, like, noticed a difference. And then from there, like, I started noticing more of a difference, but then all it took was like one bad day as far as like my mental health and my mindset goes for my brain to just like flip it around and be like, Oh, you look like you've gained all your weight back. Oh, mm -hmm. like you look like, yeah. So it's weird how that kind of developed after not having been an issue for the majority of my life. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do find that, like, while I'm in the mindset of any kind of, like, like exercise or, like, like dietary, I'm, like, like, the triggers are very sensitive. It's just um, when, it, it, it feels almost obvious to say it, but it's like, when you're thinking about food, you will be more sensitive to the thought of food. When you are thinking about weight loss, you will be more sensitive to the fact that you're sensitive about the fact about the thought of weight loss. So, yeah. it's like, um, I started watching um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is an amazing show. I recommend any, like, it's great. Watch it. Um, I love it. 
So good. Um, one thing is she has an eating disorder. She measures herself constantly. Like every day the character measures herself twice a day, I think. Like it is ridiculous. And watching that triggered me. Mm. That's not even that's not even a symptom I've ever had. I, I've never measured myself, but watching someone else do it made me feel like like there was something wrong with me that I it was like like a part of me even caught myself thinking, am I not having an eating disorder right? Am I not being careful enough? Like, 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 and that is a huge, huge thing when it comes to getting help. That is what I want to, um, now that we're done the questions, I want to dedicate the rest of the show to what do you do now? After you've established what your problem is, um, what your struggle is for me, I needed to get professional help. I, I was so far lost and gone that I needed to, for, I, I went to several doctors I, and I ended up being in a program. I was almost admitted to the hospital um, a few times. And it was because I just, like, I was at a point where I couldn't have anything in my stomach without it automatically purging. Mm. And I, so I reached out and I was set up with a program. I was set up with a team. Like I had a whole team of, I had a social worker, I had a nutritionist, I had a psychiatrist and I had a registered nurse and I would just rotate. I would see at least one of them a week and I would just constantly talk to them and they would ask me like how I was experiencing symptoms and they helped me get through other struggles and aspects of my life as well. Because like, while I was going through the eating disorder, I was going through a breakup. I was going through a move. I was going through so many different things because life keeps happening even while you're healing. Yeah. But, um, if anyone out there is watching this and they want to know, um, what to do next, if you if you don't have access to a family doctor or anyone that can refer you to a program in your local hospital, um, I will. I'm more than willing to help you find resources. I am connected to a lot, especially locally. I um, just send me a message. I will help you find anything, and I will also in um, both both this and the last video. I will have a bunch of local resources as well as lists of different like podcasts, books, and, and uh, just positive body image Instagram um, influencers. Awesome. I, I think it's very important to consume and like consume positive media and influence yourself because I, it's undeniable the negative impact that our media has on our self image and the way that we view ourselves and our bodies. Yeah. And, I happened to have been gifted with a gift of a huge list. So I'm going to share it with everyone because it's an important list. Follow everyone on the, like, follow all the influencers. I won't make you read all the books because I haven't read all of them, but I've read through the titles. They seem great. And <laughs> I haven't seen the cover, so I haven't judged them yet. <laughs> But, but it um, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure they're good. 
Um, so I'm, I'm just trying to say, like, there are, um, like, there are so many different resources out there. I will help you find them. Um, Dr. Google can help you find them. And your, your family, like, your family doctor will help you. And reach out to your friends. And don't be afraid to let people know that you're struggling. Because as I mentioned in the first, like, at the very first part of the first video, Almost all of my friends were struggling with an eating disorder and none of us knew because none of us discussed it with each other. Yeah. And it, we do more harm to ourselves by not being open and honest. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't receive the help that you necessarily need or are reaching out for when you reach out, you don't know who you're helping by making mm -hmm. it a safe space. If, yeah. if I go to friend A about being concerned about friend B's um, eating habits, then I, friend C and A, <laughs> will be able to actually take action instead of just letting friend B suffer. And, and one of the best pieces of advice that I've heard when it comes to noticing someone's symptoms and taking action is when you feel like a friend is in danger and you want to take action to help them, you have to remember that you're trying to save a friend, not a friendship. So even if you have to be more assertive than, with a friend than they are willing to accept, yeah. sometimes it's important to give them that push. That being said, don't drag anyone to put them into a hospital or anything. Like, don't. Like there are lines. If um, you do have a friend that you're concerned about, reach out to any. Like there are free professionals. Um, like there are, there are so many resources out there. I will connect anyone watching to as many as possible. As I just keep saying. <laughs> and um, aside from um, what will be attached to the videos after I update them after posting them. Um, I don't know how much more I have to, well, I have a million things to say about subject of eating disorders, but I don't know how many things I have to say about it currently. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I've said everything I have to say about it. Amazing. Um, thank you so, so much for doing this. I know it was a little last second. I'm going to give you like a few, few days notice, but um, thank you so much for coming and doing this episode with me. And, and when you said like this was, you felt like this was probably the most open you've ever been about your disorder. I just want to focus on that and say how much I appreciate you opening up, for, especially for, for the show, not even just to me, but just for everyone here in general. I appreciate it so much. No problem. Thank you so much for having me on the show and giving me a safe space to talk about this sort of thing. Yeah, and I'm more than happy to. And I'm happy to have you on again for same or different topics. Or, hey, maybe maybe High with Hottie will come back someday. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for those that don't know, um, Joel was my second guest on High with Hottie, the Lost Episodes. <laughs> Back when yeah. I was trying to figure out how to work computers. <laughs> hey, I it took me a while to figure out how to get onto Instagram for tonight. So like you're doing better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it for two months and I'm still figure and I'm still struggling. That's why we were a bit late. But anyway, I'm terrific. Let's end the episode on a high note. <laughs> Um, once again, thank you everyone for coming and viewing and being a part of this. You are all fantastic and thank you for supporting and learning with us as we go on this journey together and um, rock on, keep listening and never stop learning.